Hello and welcome to the Addicted Austinite, your one-stop podcast for all things Jane Austen. I'm Catherine and today I have more important historical events for you. I am going to be talking about the penal colony that was set up in Australia. A lot of times when you are looking at the British policy of sending British criminals to work off their sentences in the Australian colonies, this comes under the rubric of Victorian crime and punishment. But its roots go back a little bit further than that, and it was in fact a Georgian invention. In our last episode, we saw that Captain James Cook in the 1770s went on three voyages in order to explore and map Australia and that surrounding area. It was a place that Britain hadn't gone to before, and they sent Captain Cook off to have a look. And while he was there, he did claim Australia, or at least New South Wales in Australia, for Britain. It is a really famous moment, and I think everybody has heard of Botany Bay. Uh, so famous was this bay and the name Botany Bay that it was used and referenced nearly a hundred years later in the Star Trek franchise when they were moving some very evil criminals. They were putting them on a desert planet so they could sort of live out their lives in this desolate place without harming anybody else. So as you can see, it had a really big impact on British and then later world culture. So what really happened with the Australian penal colony? Well, we'll start at the beginning, of course. Um, Let's go back to the late 1700s. We're coming to the end of the century and in Britain there is a lot of crime. So much crime that the prisons are getting overcrowded and the only way at that point that they thought they could deal with this was to make more crimes punishable by the death penalty because you don't have to worry about housing an inmate if you're just going to have them executed for their crime. So it was getting ridiculous the kinds of things that you could be executed for and it soon became really really clear that they were going to have to come up with another idea because it was just getting so ridiculous and costing so many people their lives so the government are desperate to come up with some new ideas on how to deal with the crime problem in Britain and along comes Captain Cook and he says hi guys I've just come back from my voyages I didn't find the lost continent of Terra Australis but what I did find was Australia there's this great big country that is okay it's inhabited by some aborigines but there's a lot of space we could fit in there you know so I went ahead and I claimed it for her what do you want to do with it? I mean, obviously that's paraphrasing, I'm not entirely sure but it went exactly like that. (laughs) But in discovering Australia, Cook may have given the government the answer that they were praying for. 
By this point in their history, Britain had done a lot of colonising. They had gone all over the world and claimed countries for the British Empire. So they knew what was required to make a colony work. And what they really needed was workers, people that could build the settlements and could do the farming and all of the dirty work that it takes to build up a settlement so that people can go and live there and spread the British influence. And convict labour was really a tempting resource to use for this colonisation. They were free workers, you didn't have to pay them because they were doing the work as part of their sentence. And it didn't really matter if they came back or not, because again, they're convicts. Why do we want more criminals in Britain? They had even tried this with the American colonies. When they were being set up, they did the same thing and they sent some convicts over with the settlers so that they had some people that could do the manual labour to set up the colonies. And it was working. But unfortunately, as we saw in the first episode of this little mini-series on historical events, the American Revolution happened and the War of Independence. And suddenly, Britain found itself with one less colony than it had. And not only did they lose money in terms of what they could grow there and what they could export there or import and that kind of thing, but they also lost a place to send these criminals that they didn't want to have to deal with. Luckily, Captain Cook came along with this new colony in Australia at Botany Bay, and suddenly the British government had the perfect solution to their problems. Australia was a very big country, I mean it still is, very big space that had a lot of areas that Britain could colonise, a lot of space to expand the empire and grow the colonies. It was also not yet claimed by any of the other European countries that were expanding their empires at this time. Uh, the French and the Dutch, the Spanish and the Portuguese, they had been sort of sailing around, but they hadn't decided to sort of make landfall yet and claim the land. So Cook's the first one to really sort of get in there properly and claim it for Britain. So in terms of competition with the other empires, they're in a stronger position since they got there first. And also, as far as the British government were concerned, it was practically uninhabited. Obviously, it wasn't. The Aborigines lived there, of course. But from Cook's explanations of their meetings with the Aborigines, and also just British sentiment at the time towards indigenous peoples in these colonies they just didn't matter it wasn't it wasn't something that needed to be worried about they weren't going to put up much of a fight and Britain would be able to quash them quite easily if they did threaten the colonies so again I'm not condoning it I'm just explaining what was going on at the time Australia was seemingly the perfect solution and so starts an 80 year long experiment of the penal colony in Australia. So Britain has decided that it's going to send its surplus criminals to Australia to serve out their sentences. 
but who were they and what did they discover when they got there? Well, first off, the man that the government put in charge of the what they called agricultural work camps was a man called Arthur Phillip. He was a officer in the Royal Navy and he headed the mission to Australia. He set off for the colonies in 1787 and they took 11 ships with them over to Australia, to New South Wales. There were around a thousand, maybe a few more, uh, give or take a hundred maybe, people that on those 11 ships and over 700 of them were convicts. Predominantly the people who made up the non-convict portion of the population coming to Australia were other naval officers along with Arthur Phillip. So they were there to keep charge of the convicts and to run the prisons and run the convict programme. But also, there were regular settlers as well. So these were people that just, they didn't want to live in Britain any longer. They had no reason to stay. So they decide that they're going to go and start a new life in the colonies in Australia. In terms of the convicts that were sent to Australia on this first voyage, they were predominantly male at various points along the 80-year history of the penal colony, the ratio of men to women would rise as high as 10 to 1 in the population, so they were overwhelmingly men that were being sent there. Three quarters of these criminals were non-violent criminals. They had been arrested for non-violent property crimes, mostly. So things like burglary and theft. So it was what we might consider smaller crime. So the things that you wouldn't necessarily get hung for, but they didn't have space to keep you in the prisons. So it was hanging or being sent to the colonies. I think I know which one I choose. Also, over half of the population of convicts that are sent over are first-time offenders as well. This would change over time um, as deportation became more of a punishment for what they call recidivism, which is repeat offending. So the colonies became more of a threat than an actual punishment. So it was, okay, so you've punished once, we've put you in jail. If you do it again, we're going to send you to the colonies and you're probably not going to come back. So your choice. Um, But initially, over half of the original convicts were first-time offenders. There's also some interesting statistics in terms of the professions of these convicts, what they had been doing before they were arrested. The majority of them were what you'd call practical professions. So there were labourers, there were farmhands, there were shoemakers, tailors, uh, grooms and stablemen. There were butchers, cooks, and a lot of shepherds in particular. 
and very interesting statistics because that is who you need to really start a colony if you think about it like these are all the basic things that help build up a society you need somebody to work the land somebody to grow the crops and look after the livestock for people to eat you need somebody that will be there to make the clothes for these people. And of course, if you use criminals to do that, you don't need to pay them because it goes towards working off their sentence. That is not to say that there weren't hardened criminals that went over to Australia as well, because there really were. There were murderers and well, I can't really think of anybody who would be worse than a murderer, but you get what I mean. Hardened criminals. And really the convict community was segregated into these hardened criminals and lesser crimes because like we mentioned over half of these were non-violent crimes and first-time offenders so the hardened criminals would be put in jail in Australia of course they first had to build it with convict labour they imprisoned so the hardest criminals the ones that had murdered people and stuff like that so they weren't used as work camp labour they were just moved to another prison on another colony that had more space for prisons the lesser criminals were the ones that were used as labour to build up the colonies there was a programme actually with these lesser criminals where the settlers that came over, do you remember I said that there were some regular settlers that had come over with the first convict ships? These families, they were usually families, these settlers, they would be given a convict basically to do their work, so their labour and their farming and all that sort of thing and it could be worked out that way so your sentence would be spent in the service of a certain family and helping build the colony that way. So really from the British government's perspective this is the best idea they've ever come up with and it really helped to solve a an overcrowding problem in the prisons and also help them build up a new colony as well but unfortunately the reality was not as simple as they had been expecting and as you can imagine because history is never as nice and simple as we'd like it it got pretty bad the first colony of convicts and settlers along with the marines and arthur philip they really really struggled at the offset it was completely different to how they had imagined it would go some of the main problems were to do with the unfamiliar australian landscape the soil was very different to british soil so it was a lot harder to grow the crops there was also a completely different climate australia is a lot more sunny and nicely weathered than Britain is. Remember we're used to rain like 360 days out of a year so nobody was prepared for this kind of new climate so they didn't really know what to do. I mentioned that a lot of the convicts their professions were things like farm labourers and day workers and things but they didn't actually have a lot of knowledge about farming so they could do the work but they weren't exactly sure what work it was that needed to be done. They were very good at doing what they were told, 
but the people that were going to tell them what they needed to do didn't really know what they needed to do. So it was really, really difficult. And also the treatment of the convicts was less than stellar, as you can imagine. The marines that were sent to take control of the convicts weren't really good at keeping the order at all. They resorted to very strict punishments, physical punishments like lashes and shackles. There was the lengthening of sentences if a a prisoner caused disturbances. And they resorted to solitary confinement as well. But instead of controlling the population, all that did was spark riots and convict protest. Uprisings were a regular occurrence in, well, not just in the early days, but throughout the 80 years of the penal colony. So when they landed in 1788, it was really tough going. It was still difficult by the time that Arthur Philip leaves in 1792 but by the turn of the century in the 1800s it's really starting to come along they've somehow they've broken the back of this new country and this unfamiliar climate and they're finally being able to grow the crops shepherding became a really big industry in Australia and Finally, the colony was starting to thrive. Part of, indeed most of, this thriving came from the convict community in Australia. Not only because of the work they did as criminals and the hard labour that they did to serve out their sentences, but also once they weren't criminals anymore, a lot of the people that were sent to Australia were on limited time sentences so that they they would eventually serve their sentence and be a freed man. Of course, once they were free, they were kind of stuck in Australia. You had to make your money for your own way back and a lot of them couldn't. So they stayed and they thrived and they started to work the land and build up new lives for themselves in these colonies. Indeed, when a convict finished their sentence, they were given what was called a certificate of freedom, which meant that they were no longer a criminal, and they were actually qualified for land grants if they had a certificate of freedom, which meant that they got their own plot of land and they were able to do work on it that they wanted to do and in that way the population of the colonies grew and the success of the colony grew with them and very soon Australia became one of Britain's most successful colonies. Of course this was very good news for the British government and the British Empire but unfortunately it did have devastating effects on the Aborigine population in Australia. As with America and India and Africa, where Britain had gone before and set up colonies, they really did not care about the rights of the native peoples in these lands, because oftentimes they saw them as lesser people. We talked about that 
before in the last episode and then the stuff about slavery as well so I don't want to go through it all again but just a reminder that the impact of this penal colony is still ongoing and Aborigines continue to suffer for it. So it's really hard to define when exactly the penal colony ended in Australia. The system of transporting criminals definitely ended in 1868 when the last ship of convicts was brought to Australia. The idea to bring an end to deportation began around about 1865. There was a lot of pressure on the British government from the population in Britain. They were um, starting to get really furious about the situation. A A turning point could be pointed to with the Tollpuddle Martyrs in 1834. This was a group of men who were arrested for quote-unquote conspiracy and transported to Australia when a lot of people considered them innocent and they were away from their families for a long, long time and eventually pardoned. Some of them came back, I think one died out there. But the tide was turning and the British people's feelings about transportation really weren't very good. So there was pressure on the government to change it. And there was a change in policy about crime and punishments around this time as well. They were really looking into how they could deal with their criminals. And in 1865, the government announced that the last ship would be sent in 1868. There would be one a year in 65, 66, 67 and then the last one in 68. So that's when the last convict ship arrived in Australia. What we don't know is exactly when the colony came to an end in terms of the last prisoner serving their sentence and becoming a freed man. It's all a bit muddled and the records are quite muddy, so we can't put a definite date on the last convict in Australia. There is a story about the quote-unquote last convict, um, if you're interested. It's a man called Samuel Speed. He was the last living Australian convict, so the last man who had been a convict, had been transported and served his sentence in Australia. And he died in 19... 38 just checking my notes yeah definitely 1938 so he was the last surviving criminal he was conditionally released in 1869 so he may have been one of the last few to finish their sentence but possibly not so we can't definitely say when the colony ended in terms of the last convict being freed but his is an interesting story so you can find it on the internet if you give it a look So that is my brief, and I know it might not seem like it, but trust me, it's very brief, history of the Australian penal colonies. And you might be thinking, how does this relate to Jane Austen? Well, of course, first of all, it it had a big impact in British society in general, and the effects of the colonies are still being felt today in Australia and in Britain as well, with the relationship that we have with Australia and the way that we talk about what happened. But also, 
there is kind of a personal connection with Jane Austen as well, though it's kind of like six degrees of Jane Austen <laughs> if you ever played that game. So in 1799, one of Jane's aunts, was arrested in Bath, uh, Jane Lee Parrott. She was arrested in Bath because she had apparently stolen some lace from haberdashers. The story was printed in the newspaper and Mrs Lee Parrott went to trial and it was discussed at the trial that if she was found guilty, the likely punishment would have been transportation. So Jane Austen nearly had a relative convict in Australia. Luckily, Mrs. Lee Parrott was found not guilty, so she was never sentenced and was never transported. But Jane came very close to having ties to Australia. So that's why I've included the whole history here for you to explore. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Addicted Austenite. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please do like and subscribe and comment. Any Australian listeners, I would love to hear if you can trace your roots back to any of the convicts that came over in those ships. I'd love to know. So drop me a comment. I will see you next time for a new episode. And until then, as ever, happy reading your faithful servant, the author.